Hello everybody, it is Nick here and welcome to this week's shorter form episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. So last week I went deep on offers and that was inspired by some of the work that Alex Hormozzi has done. And like all things, when you put a post out there, you put a piece of content out there, it sparks more attention and in many cases more questions than you are prepared for. So what I realized last week even though I said oh, it's going to be a short episode and it ended up being 20 minutes, is that it's now sort of taken a life of its own and people want me to kind of go a little bit deeper, even into the depth that I went into, just so they can kind of review and reflect on what they're doing with their business. So offers are important and there's a few things that come off the back of that which need to be investigated properly. Now, I mentioned last week that I am going to do some stuff on pricing. Probably in the next couple of weeks, I'll do something on pricing just so you can understand my thoughts on how you price successfully to drive cash flow and value. But what I want to get into today is something that comes up a lot. And that is the difference between someone or a business that's a generalist versus someone or a business that is a specialist. Now, like all things in growth and scale up, it is the simplicity that matters, right? So quite often, particularly as our businesses grow and we start to get into bigger teams, more money, the natural thing is to say, well, there's more complexity. And as much as that is true, the businesses that are very, very successful are the ones that can remove that complexity and try and focus on the simple things that are gonna drive the biggest effort or the biggest return. So when I get into what I mean by a generalist or a specialist today, I want you to have that in the back of your mind and start to think about that. It doesn't mean that I'm talking about you as the business owner, the, the founder, the leader. I'm talking about your business as much as I'm talking about anything else, but the principle still remains the same. So if you go back a bit, let's go back you know, a few decades, then being a generalist was something that was probably more expected. Now, what do I mean by a generalist? This is someone who has a broad range of skills and those skills can help a broad range of people, industries, sectors. So if you go back to say like some of the big consultancy firms that still exist to this day and they're massive, right? But they started off as being quite broad in general. So I'm talking about the McKinsey's, the Boston Consulting Groups. I did a stint at BCG, the Boston Consulting Group, a number of years back. And, you know, if you look at kind of what they do and they have grown, I you know, appreciate that they have diversified as well. They kind of do everything for everybody. They can fix your financial situation. They can drive mergers and acquisitions. They can go in there and work on leadership and HR. They can help your sales and marketing effort. They can do analytics. Just look at the list. You know, when I look at the services on the website of someone like a Deloitte or an Accenture and all that sort of stuff, you kind of go, wow, it's massive. Now, what they do, they do very, very well. So if you are a smaller business coming into that space and you are also a generalist, imagine how hard it is to compete with the sort of 10,000 you know, kilogram or what do you call it, ton <laughs> gorilla. It is bloody hard. They've got more resources. They've got more things going on. It doesn't really matter about what business you're in. As I said, I'm talking about consultancy there, but it's the same principle applies. Now, if you think about the specialist, now, a specialist is someone, my definition, who is really, really good 
a, a, a one thing, quite often it's one thing or a very small set of things. They are domain experts. They are absolute masters of their craft. And as a result of that, people seek them out as opposed to them having to seek their customers or clients out. The other thing that's interesting about specialists is that they can charge phenomenal prices for what they do. There is no time for money equation happening here. They can charge phenomenal prices because as I said, there's only one of them or a select few of them in the world. And if you need their service, if you need the product, whatever it is, then you have to go to them. In contrast, if you go back to the, the generalist, because there are so many people out there offering that service, there's no differentiation, there's no uniqueness, it's not remarkable, then you start to get to the problem, which I see happening all the time across all sorts of businesses, and that is commoditization or what I call competing on price versus value. All right, you're with me so far. Good example here. If you think about a specialist in the field of medicine or health, right? the heart surgeon who is the best heart surgeon in the world, the plastic surgeon who can do amazing stuff for people who have been in accidents or trauma, right? Those people charge an absolute fortune for their services. They are often booked out months, years sometimes in advance to get in to see them because the skill that they have is so unique. It is so precise, okay? That is where I want you to think about playing in terms of you, be it your personal brand or you, your business. Now, you might be going, oh, Nick, but I'm a generalist. I can do everything. I can target everybody. I can go after and I can help the world. Great. Okay. I get that. Earn the right to do that once you have made what you need to make. And that is a sustainable business within your niche. Okay. Within your specialism, because it is so much easier, so much cheaper, so much more fun and I would argue actually more rewarding, certainly in the early days, if you're in the startup to scale up phase, just to be able to go out there and win customers and make cash flow, right? And the best way to do that is by niching down. It's often said that the riches are in the niches or niches, however you pronounce it. I'm Australian. I say niche. So what I'm impressing on you here is that niching down is the thing that you must do. Be a specialist, not a generalist. Okay, you with me? The other thing that's interesting, I talked a little bit about price before, but the other thing that's really interesting about those two different ways of looking at this is that you often will move away from that sort of time for money equation. And if I go back to my medical example, you know, it's often used, I've heard this, this same example used for dentists, like you're not going to pay a dentist by the hour, right? You don't want to sit in the chair for an hour. You want the job done in as little time as possible, hopefully as little pain as possible. And the price can be whatever the price is because you need it done. As I said, that same principle applies in pricing, sorry, in, in business. And now if we move on to pricing, Think about it this way, that if you can charge more for your services, you don't have to win as many clients. You don't have to spend as much on sales and marketing. People are going to come to you and they're going to be talking more about the value you can offer, not the price. And therefore, you don't ever have to discount price. Now, as I said at the outset of this uh, podcast today, I'm going to do a deeper session on pricing, but I just wanted to go into, as I said, those two different dichotomies, those two different ways of thinking about things. Be the specialist. So to finish off today, I want to talk about uh, a piece of interesting thinking that's come from a mentor of mine, a guy called Myron Golden, and he calls it the four levels of value. And I think this is a really nice way of framing what I'm talking about in terms of the generalist and the specialist. So if you think about it, 
there are four levels of value in any industry. Uh, you can map this to anything. And the higher you go up the chain, the higher you go up in value, the higher the, the price you can charge, the more money you can make for less effort or less perceived effort. You still have to work. Nothing is passive, but it's a different way of doing things. So let me take you through the four levels very quickly. So the first one is implementation. Now, what is that? That is the person who does the thing. So lots of coaches, consultants that go out by themselves, they are the ones who will do the actual work. They will complete the task. You know, they'll, they'll take the picture, they'll bake the cake, all of that sort of thing. Now, the downside of that is that there's only so much time in a day for you to actually do it. And because you are trading dollars for hours, this limits your overall value. Okay, now the only contradiction to that is the, the doctor, as I said before, the, the heart surgeon who can charge such high prices that he or she doesn't have to work crazy hours to still make a significant amount of cash flow and wealth. Okay, but that is the exception to the rule. A lot of people who kind of come into the world of entrepreneurship, they're the ones that start doing and very, very quickly they realize that they get capped out. Now, when I first started moving into coaching and mentoring, sort of M&A stuff, business scale up, exit, exit planning, all those sort of things, I was doing a lot of one-to-one. I just don't have the time to do that anymore. As much as I still like doing one-to-one, it's not a good use of my time. But a lot of people, when they enter that world of information business services like I did, that's where they start. And to some extent, it's a rite of passage. You should do that, but eventually you need to move up the chain. So if level one is implementation, level two, Myron says, is unification. Now, unification is quite, it's not where you're doing the thing, but you are effectively directing other people doing the thing. So you could call it management, but it's quite important because you know you are effectively getting other people to deliver what's needed for your customers and your clients. Now, if you've got, again, a consultancy business or something like that, coaching business, you can scale that by outsourcing work to other people who will do the work for you and you can take a margin. Okay. So that's, for, for starters, you are now starting to move out of the time for money equation and you're not limited by time. You're only limited by the number of people that you can bring into your world to deliver the implementation on your behalf. Now, some people are afraid of doing this. They think, oh, well, yeah, but I lose control. I can't do it. You've got to put that up against the fact that you haven't got any other options, right? If, if you can't work out a way of directing others to get things done, you are always going to be handcuffed by the clock. The way to do it is you've got to build great systems and processes. You've got to be able to train people to deliver to clients and customers what you deliver. You know, the same thing, if you think about products that have been scaled, they've come from very, very good processes around unit production. You know, the car manufacturing industry is a great example of that. And that's when they could start to scale because they created a very clear system and process and eventually automation to be able to drive value in that way. Okay, so you're with me. So stage one is implementation, you doing it. Stage two is unification, you directing it. Now, level three is communication. And I love this because I hadn't actually heard this expressed this way before, but this is where you use your words to create influence, to create wealth. Okay, so you might not be uh, an actress, a singer, a public speaker, but your resource on this level, if you like, is still your voice. It's about communication that creates a high income for yourself while helping others. So you might think of it like, well, if you might, I'm a creative, um, 
we're not very you know, hesitant to level up in this area, whatever it is. There's a widespread belief that no one else can do the thing as good as I can. How can I get something? You know, all that sort of stuff. I get that. If you're the artist in your business, you might be thinking, oh, how can I start to give up that control? But you've really got to think of it like that, that, that some of the, the most impactful people in the world have used their ability to communicate, to be able to share their message, to be able to spread their, their voice and their written word. They're the ones that then command higher levels of value. Think of the authors in this world, as I said, the public speakers. I can tell you personally, since I've done the podcast and I've shared my message, the ability for me to generate more money through the stuff I do has scaled exponentially, you know, massively because I've created a different way of offering value. So the thing I want you to take away from this level is if you have a business and you're not communicating to others, if you're not helping others, if you don't have a media platform around what you're trying to do, it is a missed opportunity. And I'm not one of these guys who's a massive advocate for all the stuff that's happening in social media. I do use social media, obviously, and I do believe in it. But my view is that you have to have some presence and it has to be right for you and your business. Okay. And the last level, the last level of value is imagination. And this is where your mind, if you think about it like that, is the greatest resource to create wealth because it's where ideas come from. So the one who finds a better way to do something, the better way to improve someone's life or whatever else, they're the ones who make the most money. And this is where you see the dreamers of this world you know, transform entire industries, you know, the Steve Jobs, the Walt Disney's, all of that sort of thing. They they are ideas people first. They can sell a vision, right? It's bigger than just communicating a message. They can sell a vision. And my view is that you can integrate level four thinking into any business, okay? And, it, and as you're the founder, the leader, then it's something that you should absolutely be thinking of doing, Okay. So there you go. They are the four levels of value. If you think about that, and we go back to how we started this episode today, we said, well, you know, it's about the specialist or the generalist. If you're the specialist and you can rise up those levels of value, if you're the specialist who has an idea that can change the world, that's where the billionaires come from. So hopefully that was useful. As I said, I'll keep going deeper week in and week out with these episodes. Send me the stuff that you want me to cover. I'm going to go into pricing next, but I really want you to be taking this stuff away. I try and keep it as broad as I can to help you so that it doesn't matter what sort of business you've got. You can take away something, you can apply it. And I really want that to be something that's going to change the game for you and your business. Thanks for listening this week. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you've enjoyed the show just as much as I've enjoyed creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me, it helps the show, plus it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything that you heard in today's show, to find out how you can join our community on Facebook, or to find out how you can get get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now.